there is good news in the season that we are in. Um, all of this because of Bethlehem, little place. Can anything good come out of Bethlehem? I've said that about Cleveland. <laughs> Can any good thing come out of Cleveland? The mistake on the lake. All of those things. And yet here we are. Amen. Here we are. God has done that. And guess what? It is marvelous in our eyes. Isn't it marvelous what God is doing in our midst? This little place that nobody knows about this little room today, the amazing things that God is doing and will do out of those who are here today. I heard there were some amazing things just last week that took place, things that very many people wouldn't notice, but for some, it was life-changing. Amen? Okay. Well, in the few minutes that I have left, I want to talk about our hope in a Savior. Now, I've got, well, first of all, somebody want to tell me? Gospel. What does it mean? The word. Good news. Amen. Father, I ask that you would help us this morning as we look into your word as we listen for your direction, for your word. Change us, transform us. May your word be made flesh in us that we might manifest you where we go in Jesus' name. Okay, gospel, good news. Well, this morning I have bad news and good news. Which do you want first? <laughs> I was hoping that you would say that. Give us the bad news first. Good. All right. Well, bad news. Uh, I'm going to run through a bunch of scriptures here, so just bear with me. Uh, bad news. Genesis chapter 2. Verses 16 and 17. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree in the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good or evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband. And he ate. Bad news. They ate the fruit. Now, the thing was, they didn't die immediately, okay? But let's take a look at what happened. They're expelled from the garden. You know what else was in the garden other than the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? It was another tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever wonder why they got kicked out of the garden? 
so that they wouldn't go to the tree of life. So they're, they're expelled from the garden. They're barred from the tree of life. They didn't die right away, okay? But spiritually, they did perish. And all of the stuff that goes with that came with that perishing. Let me ask you, over the course of your life, how many of you all have experienced countless times all of those things that have accompanied perishing spiritually? Fear, anxiety, anger, frustration, futility. You can go through the list. All of those things, and eventually, guess what happens physically? You die. That's the bad news. Happened with Adam and Eve. They were our first parents. All that happened to them got passed to us. We got all of their stuff. We inherited their sinful natures. And through their sins and our own sins, the poison of death entered our souls. Romans 3.23, uh, you know the scripture. For all have sinned. Very good. Psalm 51, David writes, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. We were born in this stuff. We didn't choose it. I've got three sons. I didn't have to teach any of them how to be selfish when they were babies. <laughs> I didn't have to teach them to hit each other. It just was that way. We were born in this stuff, okay? So we inherited their sin, and then our sin gets added to all of that. And the consequence of that now is ours as well. And the doom is ours. 1 Corinthians 15, 21. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. All humankind. There's nobody that escapes that. Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is inevitable, inescapable, consequ consequential scheme. <clears throat> Paul writes, 2 Thessalonians 1, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. The whole issue of dying is one of being separated from God, and it's not only in this life, but it extends, okay? That's the bad news. There are none of us who are exempt from that. We were born in this stuff, and, and here it is. It was all ours. Now, here's the question. Here's the transition to. How can a loving God do that? Over and over and over again, we hear people talk about a loving God, and, and I'm talking about, we want to talk about hope because that's not a hopeful situation that I just described that all of us were in. That's hopeless. 
Okay? And we, we hear about a loving God and, 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 and how could God do this and love you? And yet, the thing we need to understand about our God is that just as our God, thank you, is a loving God, he is also a holy judge. He's a holy judge. And because of that, his holy nature requires justice. Does it not? Okay. Carl, that doesn't sound like good news. That still sounds like bad news. Hmm. We must be judged for our sins unless our sins can be removed. And the judgment in the case of our own sin is eternal death. But now here's the good news. Here's the good news. Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before before they came together, she was found to be with a child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will... Save his people from their sins. Huh. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. Pastor Michelle read this a couple weeks ago. Uh, don't want to be redundant, but I do want to stress the point. In the same region, verse 8, there came some shepherds staying uh, out in the fields. We just saw the, the little ones doing all of that, acting out, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Remember I said, nobody escapes the bad news. For all the people, for today in the city of David, there has been born to you, or for you, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. The very first thing in Matthew talked about a supernatural event. This in Luke is now talking about a cosmic event. But the, in, in both situations, the good news is that baby boy. That baby boy, a son. A son. God showed his love for the world by sending his son to die for our sins. We all know that. We all know that. He made a way in the doom of his wrath for us to be forgiven and escape the judgment at an infinite cost to himself. I'm a dad. It would be much easier for me 
to put myself in a place of danger and peril than to send one of my sons. My nature as a father is I want to protect my kids. So it would be much easier for me to do. But the father didn't do that. He sent his only begotten son. Far more difficult to do. Jordan, you've got sons. You would put yourself in danger before you would put them in danger. Yeah. The cost would be much greater for them to be exposed. And yet, here is the father, because of his great love for us, said, I'll send my son. This isn't about a baby boy. This isn't about the baby at all. But it's about what the baby would become and ultimately what he would do for us. And therein is the hope that we have because that's not a historic event that took place 2,000 years ago. It's a reality that, in my case, got manifest just about 45 minutes ago. Real-time hope because he's at work and he's doing the thing that, that he was born to do where his incarnation brought him to earth to do. He had to be a baby so that in every way he could go through all of what we went through. Do you realize that the father doesn't know what it is to get tired? He doesn't sleep. He doesn't know that. The father doesn't know what it's like to be tempted. But Jesus does. And so when I'm on my worst day and my behavior isn't real great and I've been tempted and I didn't succeed over the temptation, Jesus understands that because he got tempted like I did. Only in his case, guess what? He didn't yield. He didn't fail. So, but he understands the temptation. And so now what has happened is I've got an advocate who understands all that I'm going through. He knows what it's like to be hungry. He knows what it's like to, to be weak. He knows what it's like to have disappointment. He knows what it's like to mourn. He knows what it's like to go through all of those things that came as a consequence of our fallenness, yet without sin. I don't have to say to him, but Jesus, you don't understand. No, Jesus does understand. It does understand. So I, I don't have to be afraid to say, Lord, here's where I am. I can come before him and say, Lord, I, I just had a really rough day today. I didn't do so well, you know, and, and I can just lay my sin. Why? Because he understands all of that. Now, the thing is, he came to be our Savior. I was going to go through a whole bunch of little heady things about salvation. You all know me. Um, but let me say this to you. He came to be our Savior. Do you know another name for that? Deliverer. Deliverer. You've been in trouble and you need somebody to deliver you out of those situations. Some of them real big, some of them real tiny, but you just need, oh, God, help me. And you start making deals sometimes, you know, if you'll do this and that kind of thing. But no, it's, Lord, I need help now. How many of you have seen at least one really big deliverance in your life? Most of you have seen more than one. 
Where it's like, Lord, if, if, oh, help us. If you don't come through here, I'm done. It's because it's out of his character as God. He's faithful and he loves you and he loves me. So out of that, he steps in. And in the place where I need deliverance, that word sozo is a word that means to heal, to rescue, deliver. It's a word that means, it means wholeness. It's the way God created us. It's what sin broke from us. It's what Adam and Eve's sin removed from us. In Christ, it all gets restored to us. And here is the thing. It didn't so much rely on you figuring this out so that you could make the right decisions and say, Jesus, I choose you. Because according to the word, none of us were at that place. And we were all enemies. And yet here is God who so loved us that Johnny, he sent his son that you could be a part of those who are that kingdom and those priests to our God to be restored to all that was intended from the very beginning. All of that, all of that hope, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. And it's yours by virtue of receiving the love of God through his son, believing who he is as the son of God who has come to be your deliverer and your Lord. That's what this is really about. It's hope. It's hope that no matter how bleak this thing, I've got prayers that still haven't been answered, but Lord, I know you are faithful, and I know you love me, and I know what your word says for me in this situation, so I will trust you, even though it doesn't look real great. Why? Because I have hope in your character and in your goodness. And all of that gets worked out in 2023 where hopelessness in the world is at an all-time high. Everything and everybody around you is going through really bad stuff. And yet here you are. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I would bet that many of you know folks who are carrying really heavy yokes right now who don't know Christ. But he offers a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. And even as you go through, he says, I'll go through this with you. You in the fire? He said, I'll get in the fire with you. You won't even smell like smoke. You got lions around you? That's okay. I'll be in the lion's den with you. And they won't harm you. Hopelessness should be a, an unusual thing for us. Because we know the one 
who's the Prince of Peace, who's the Mighty God, who's the Eternal Father. And he's the one that says, I love you so much that I'll send my son, Emmanuel, and he will be with you. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's such good news. That is such good news, saints. Um, this is a time of joy. Why? Because merry little baby boy didn't just stay a little baby boy. But he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men, and he fulfilled the will of his father, and he went on to be exalted at the right hand, and he's an advocate for you right now, and has sent his power and made it available for you so that all that you go through and all that you need is available in Christ Jesus. Amen. Boy, and it's God who's working in and through you on your behalf. That's good news. Amen. That's good news. And he did all of that while you were yet sinners and his enemies. Isn't that an amazing thing? The issue, though, all rises and falls on one thing. Believing in the one whom he sent. There's nothing more that God can do other than send his son. And so this morning... This morning, I don't know who, I don't know if there are any, who never met him, who don't know him. But this is an occasion, an opportunity that if you don't know him, you can meet him today. Today. To go from bad news to embrace really good news and it's an act of faith it's a matter of trusting one that you can't see but understanding that he is God and he offers eternal